On today's episode of Locked on Canucks, Jim Rutherford speaks about the JT Miller contract negotiations, the Bo Horvat contract negotiations, and why Canucks fans are now in a frenzy about what Jim Rutherford said. Also, the NHL playoffs have been great, but why does it not matter to anybody in the United States? It's Locked on Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode, Friday, 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 May the 27th edition of Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at underscore process sports on Twitter. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, I want to thank you all for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are, of course, free and available wherever you get your podcast services. As I mentioned, Jim Rutherford did speak to Vancouver Media today about the contract situations of one JT Miller and one Captain Bo Horvat. So we will get into that. And also, I'm totally behind this 1,000% that the NBA playoffs have been floundering compared to the NHL playoffs this year. The NHL playoffs are going to be great. We now know the Western Conference Final will feature Connor McDavid and his Edmonton Oilers taking on Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche, which will be absolute popcorn for every hockey fan out there. I'm sure the NHL is loving it. Um, so we're going to talk about how the NHL Plus has been great, but why it doesn't matter to anybody in the United States, in my personal opinion. Um, but first, I want to touch on some more somber news um, from the Canucks family. Duke Besser, the father of Brock Besser, of course, has passed away at the age of 61. Uh, the Canucks released a statement today saying that they are deeply saddened by the passing of Brock's father, Duke, a beloved member of the Canucks family. Duke's strength, courage, and positive energy were an inspiration to everyone around him. We offer heartfelt condolences to Brock, Lori, Jessica, and Paul, and ask that you please respect the family's privacy. Um, I echo those sentiments. My heart goes out to the Besser family. Um, losing someone, a loved one, especially a father, um, I could never imagine losing my father. Um, so... Um, I'm sure it's a difficult time. Um, but of course, as we know, yesterday, um, Brock's mother, Lori posted on the internet that, um, indicating that he was, the end was near for Duke. Um, and of course we also, the emotion Brock Besser had, um, at the end of the season, uh, press conference, uh, media availability, where he, um, mentioned to the media that his father was battling onset dementia, um, of course, he was also fighting Parkinson's disease, and he was also recovering from lung cancer. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it was it's very sad to see, and we saw you know a lot of messages out there on social media. We saw Elias Pettersson post something on his story. Um, Troy Stetcher, who lost his own father, um, posted a heartfelt message on Twitter. So, um, it's really nice to see you know, Canucks, the Canucks players, teammates for the former um, or current come together and support Brock Besser. And we all know Brock Besser has been um, 
a topic of discussion for his arm play on ice play, but I think one thing we can all agree on, Brock Besser is a great individual off the ice. Um, and he comes from a class family, a class individual. And I'm in a difficult situation like this. I'm glad somebody like Brock Besser was able in a negative situation to spend as much time as he was able to with his father in the last you know, days and weeks of his life. Um, I know that doesn't bring any solace to losing a family member, but um, at least Brock was there for him, you know, with the NHL season, Canucks season being over. Um, but yes, definitely sad news coming out of the Canucks camp about, you know, Brock Besser's father, Duke, passing away at the age of 61. So once again, um, as I'm sure all Canucks fans out there are, you know, talking about, or we're all in the same sentiment. We don't always agree, but um, right now, I'm sure we're all in agreement that all of our thoughts and prayers are with the Besser family as they're grieving a um, a big loss in their family. So, um, to Brock, your family, from Locked On Canucks, from myself, Justin Poon, and all of the fans of Locked On Canucks, we are with you, we stand by you, and you, you will be in our thoughts and prayers. Um, so, that is that. Um, to make that difficult turn um, now from somber news to news um, on ice, um, Jim Rutherford spoke with, uh, was on a very prominent Vancouver um, show today and was discussed um, the contract negotiations uh, between two Canucks leaders, JT. Miller and Bo Horvat. You know, Bo scored 30 goals last year. Both can play center, and they're only two years apart. One's going to make 5.25. One's going to make 5.5 million entering their final year of their deals. Um, so when Rutherford was asked about Miller, he said, we'll see where that goes. He was also very complimentary of and praised Miller a lot, but he also kind of called his season a career year, slightly indicating that he doesn't see JT Miller reaching that 99-point level once again. Um, but on the other hand, Bo Horvat, the captain of the team, when asked, um, he basically indicated that there's been good discussions with him after the season and that they want him to be a part of the team going forward. Uh, Mil- you know, he did. Rutherford did say that the goal is to sign JT Miller, but it wasn't as convincing as Bo Horvat. Um, so my two cents on this situation is this. We've been hearing lately in the news that JT Miller's price is going to be too high for Vancouver, too high for Vancouver, and he's probably going to be asking for a lot. Well, as I was saying before, these are all just negotiating ploys, negotiating tactics from each party, trying to strong arm one another. So what does Jim Rutherford do? the savvy vet in the negotiation game that he is. Well, we want JT Miller, but but we have a price. We have a limit. What did he do with Bruce Boudreaux? We, he can come back on the deal that he has agreed upon. JT Miller can come back, but we have a limit, and we're going to stay within it. We have an internal cap. We have a cap. He said this. We have a cap number for him. What is that cap number? Well, that's the hard line in the sand where Jim Rutherford has basically said, that is where you fit in on our team and our cap structure. We will not go above that. JT Miller has a certain image. So now 
the negotiating toys go back and forth. That's all it is. You know why Jim Rutherford can come out and sing, sing the praises of Bo Horvat? Because he knows that deal is going to get done. Because we know Bo Horvat only wants to be in Vancouver. He is the captain of the team. This team drafted him. They developed him. He is a part of our community. He is a part of the Canucks family. He is the leader of this team. He's not going anywhere. We know Bo Horvat will be the Vancouver Canuck for years and years to come, barring something crazy happening. The more difficult decision is about JT Miller. What do you do with JT Miller? Well, you, of course, want to keep him, but you want to keep him under your terms, not his terms. Because why? The Canucks are in cap hell. They have problems, and they are not a complete team yet. So you keep JT Miller only if it fits into your plans. You look at the NBA, a league that has vast problems about this. Players get all the control, and they determine what they want to make. Everybody gets a max deal in the NBA. Why do you think so many teams are in cap hell? Why do you think a team like the Lakers can't win or be, be successful with LeBron James three out of four years? Because they gutted their young core, brought in old, expensive vets, then they're stuck and strapped cap, cap-wise, excuse me. You look at the NFL, you move on, Tyreek Hill. You got five draft picks for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is amazing, an amazing, amazing weapon. But you were going to have to pay him $30-plus million a year, and he's getting older. Devontae Adams. You're going to pay him almost $30 million a year. Now, I think Devontae Adams will work fine in in, Miami, in Vegas, and Tariq will be fine in Miami. But the teams that got rid of him did not want to strap themselves cap-wise to a wide receiver and screw up the rest of the team. You know, they'll say you got to rob Peter to pay Paul. Well, the Canucks don't want to do that with JT Miller. They don't want to take... More take on more cap problems with a guy who's about to be 30 years old. You sign him to a four, five, four, excuse me, four to six year deal. He's gonna be 34, 30, 35, 36 when the deal's over, and you might be paying him nine million dollars a year. That is not smart business. That is not smart business. Jim Rutherford knows how to build a smart team, he will make the right decision around JT Miller. If the number is too high, the term is too high, and he won't budge and they won't be able to negotiate, then it's time to ship him on. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, again, Rutherford is playing um, the negotiating ploy in the media, trying to strong-arm JT Miller with his party. My term, he's trying to strong-arm the Canucks. I think they eventually get a deal done. I think it's going to be a four-year, maybe five-year deal uh, worth about seven, seven and a half million. Uh, I think that's kind of where he slots in. I think Besser will potentially come back at a lower rate than his qualifying offer. They kind of sign him on a bridge deal, maybe a two, three-year deal at six, maybe a little bit less than six. Uh, you're going to get Horvat under the tag too. I would say he gets a bit, a bit of a bump, maybe six, something like Ryan Nugent Hopkins type money. So I still think these pieces the Canucks will bring back. I still think the Canucks will be able to bring them all back. Um, but it's looking like the ploy of the, the negotiating tactics from both sides is happening. 
JT Miller said, well, he's going to want a big deal that I don't know the Canucks can uh, uh, afford. Well, we have a number for JT Miller that if he doesn't want to agree to that, we'll move on from him. The game's already started. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because I think we all know that Bo Horvat, I don't think Bo Horvat's contract is that big of a story. It's going to get done. It'll get taken take care of. I think it's more and more likely now that Brock Besser stays on a bridge deal. And I also think that JT Miller eventually will realize, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I'll take a little bit less to be here in Vancouver because I know I can be successful. I'm a leader of a team and I can see the vision of it. Now I could just be talking out of my ass and just wishful thinking and it doesn't take place at all. But that's what I believe. That's what I'm thinking. And that's what's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm wrong. So what? And they're going to trade him and get assets for him. Um, Funny thing also, Jim Rutherford said, it's going to be hard to acquire a pick. uh, But if we trade JT Miller, we can acquire a pick. Again, strong arm media ploy. That's all it is. Just strong arm media ploys. And I love it. It's all about tactics and getting leverage and all of that. And that is what Jim Rutherford is good at. So um, that is that about the Canucks contract situation. That was interesting. Um, Coming up after the break, we all know I've mentioned the the NHL playoffs have been on fire, been great, but will it push the needle where it matters the most in the United States? So stick around for that. I will definitely dive into that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. Our partner has a next level product at Athletic Greens that I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens once because I wanted to have more energy um, and I didn't have time. I want. I also didn't have time to... Um, you know, figure it out. I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. I hate taking pills, vitamins, wanted something that I could actually, t- that actually tastes great and wanted to see what the hype was about. I've been using it now for a few months and I love it. It doesn't even taste like it's super healthy. It has a kind of a tropical fruity taste, which I love taking every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamin minerals, whole source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, <coughs> excuse me, and aging. Why do I consume it? Well, of course, like I just mentioned, I wanted more energy and I simply want to live a healthier life. So the taste tastes like a fruity tropical juice. Um, my family even uses it now because they love the taste and I take it with me when I travel. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, which is good. No GMOs, nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while it still tastes good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity, alertness. It's the one thing. It's one thing with the best things. It's the one thing, excuse me, it's the one thing with the best things, tongue twister there. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science with constant production iterations and third-party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to take to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of of one-year free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so 
NHL playoffs have been great. Colorado Avalanche advanced to the Western Conference Finals today with a buzzer-beater goal against St. Louis in Game 6 to face the Edmonton Oilers, who won last night, a very controversial game last night, uh, against the Calgary Flames to win the Battle of Alberta in five games. First of all, last night, to get my, everybody talking about it, what is your opinion on the game? What's your opinion on the goal? Was it a kick? Was it not a kick? To me, he kicked it in. Blake Coleman kicked it in. When you look at it, he wasn't trying to stop. He was trying to be sly and sneaky. And Kevin Bieksa mentioned this on the broadcast. He was trying to push his leg forward to direct the puck in. And that right there is a kicking motion. People are like, oh, you know, he was falling. He was trying to stop. No. When you look at it, there was no effort to stop. There was no snow. No, and if you skate and you ever played hockey before, you could tell when you try to stop, snow will spray. There was no force. He was trying to tap the puck in and guide it, which in my opinion was kind of interesting because the puck was already going to go in. Anyway, that's my opinion on it. I think the refs, there's a reason why they reviewed it because there's probably something they saw that it was, it wasn't a coach's challenge. You know, the, the refs legitimately went back and looked at it and they determined that it was a kicking motion. It was. By the letter of the law, it was a kicking motion. And quite frankly, I'm also saying this because uh, I hate the flames um, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But besides that, we all know it was. The, whether it was, it wasn't like it was game seven, it was game five. The Flames had ample opportunity to win this series. They were up in game two, two nothing, three one, blew that lead. They had a chance in Edmonton in two games. They lost four straight games. They were up in game five by two goals. That six goal second period was nuts. Jacob Markstrom did not play good. He didn't. Jacob Markstrom played horrible. That is why the Calgary Flames lost. And I love Jacob Markstrom. A Vezna finalist. A stronghold with the Canucks when he was here. But Thatcher Demko proved this season that he is a number one goalie. And seeing how Jacob Markstrom played in these playoffs makes me all the more, more, all the more, more confident that Thatcher Demko was the right decision by the Canucks. One of the best decisions maybe Jim Benning has made was to sign Thatcher Demko and move off from Jacob Markstrom because Thatcher Demko is a younger, more talented goalie. And I we saw what he did in with the Canucks in the playoffs in, back in 2020 against Vegas. We've seen him play well in the playoffs. I think the Canucks won that. So that's my opinion on the Calgary series. Colorado is going to play Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals which is a dream matchup. Connor McDavid, who has taken his game to another level. Also, shout out to Leon Dreisaitl. 17 points in five games. That is ridiculous. And he's playing on one leg. He has this high ankle sprain, and he's recovering from And he's still got 17 points. I don't care if people say, oh, he plays on the same level as Connor McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl is a top five player in the NHL. Connor McDavid is up here. But Leon Dreisaitl in that next tier with McKinnon, with Matthews, and whoever else you want to throw in there. Maybe Huberto, whoever else you want to throw in there. But Leon Dreisaitl is a top five player in the NHL. Hands down. Was utterly dominant last night. Connor McDavid did not have it. Leon Dreisaitl did. And it's going to be fireworks, and I cannot wait. But 
coming up after the break, I know I kind of said I was going to talk about why the NHL playoffs aren't bigger than the U.S., but I kind of had to give you guys my opinion on what happened in Calgary last night. So um, coming up, I'm going to explain why the NHL playoffs have been great, but also why it doesn't really matter down south. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. So we know McDavid, Matthews, no. McDavid, McKinnon, Western Conference Finals. We know Tampa Bay is going for the 3 P. It'll either be against Carolina or the Rangers. If the Carolina can finally win an away game this playoffs, they will be in the Conference Finals. Or we go back to Game 7 where anything can happen. But I think if it goes back to Game 7, the Hurricanes win. Regardless, all eyes are mostly going to be on Colorado versus Edmonton because the two brightest stars in the game are going to be going head-to-head with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. For Edmonton, the first time since 2006. For the Avalanche, the first time since 2001. That's pretty big. Like I said, two of, in my opinion, the top two players in the NHL going head-to-head at the game's biggest stage. And you would think it would be wildly, wildly massive down south um i don't see you know the biggest shows and biggest platforms talking but yes pti talks about it yes there's the nhl and tnt which is an absolutely wonderful job i love the nhl on tnt biz talk at anson carter gretzky um henrik lungfist the whole squad there unbelievable i prefer watching the nhl on tnt because it's kind of like the na the tnt on the the NBA on TNT, it's fun, it's fresh, and it keeps you as a, a viewer engaged. Sometimes with other outlets, you don't feel engaged, and that's what I love about it. But when I look at the states and the dichotomy and how um, people, the casual sports fan will look at, everybody watches or knows of Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, Undisputed, Stephen A, and First Take. Colin Cowherd, The Herd, uh, First Things First, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard, um, Speak for Yourself, This Justin, Max Kellerman, whatever. Pick your big show, your big debate, talking point show down south on ESPN or Fox Sports. Do they talk about the NHL? Do they? I know SportsCenter might talk about it. They might have a segment of it. But do these other big shows with the biggest talking personalities, the ones that draw all these viewers, do they talk about... The NHL, are they been talking about Connor McDavid and his unreal play this playoffs? Have they been talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their uh, amazing march for a three-peat? Um, have they been talking about Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche? Have they talked about, you know, the Florida Panthers, President Trophy winners getting swept? Are they talking about the Carolina Hurricanes and their depth and Rod Brindamore? New York, the biggest media market in the country or in the world. People talking about the Rangers on those shows? No. And why is that? Because the NHL, for all the greatness that it's showed us this playoff, and it's been way better than the NBA playoffs, there's still that thing about it's the NHL. It's hockey. It's Canada. 
Do we really want to talk about it? And that's been my always biggest thing. One of my biggest goals of my career um, to get where I want to go is put hockey on a platform where people understand that this sport's actually really lit. There's It's fast-paced. It's high action. It's physical. It's drama, emotional. It's all of that. Yet nobody seems to care. And I think it goes back to you know, personalities. Well, what do we all resonate with? The NBA has personalities that are, you know, through the roof. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Giannis, even Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, um, all these guys, these super Joel Embiid, um, even Nikola Jokic has a big personality that you're just seeing now. Coaches, Steve Kerr talking about, you know, passionately talking about, you know, different political views. Um, commentators, um, Chuck, Shaq, Kenny. Um, that is why the NBA is a league for young people. The NFL, Tom Brady, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. Um, pick your NFL superstar, whoever. They have a personality. As much as I despise Russell Wilson now, he takes his super neat and cut back and clean and kind of corny uh, personality and he used it to his advantage. The NHL has a personality problem. Their players don't show any personality. The best player in the NHL, Connor McDavid, what do people say? He doesn't show any emotion. You saw it the last two game sevens against, excuse me, the last game seven against LA and game five against Calgary. When he scored the series clinch goal, you saw that emotion. You love it, but you don't see it all the time. Connor McDavid after the game, you know, doesn't give a passionate speech or give you the clips or quotes that will push the presses. Sidney Crosby doesn't do that. Austin Matthews doesn't do that. People in Toronto went crazy because Austin Matthews said something. Well, we have to go balls to the wall or something like that. Whatever he said, because that was something personal that they don't see in hockey. And that is what I think will push hockey up to that next level was when fans start seeing the personality from players. But it's hard because hockey culture is so flawed and backwards that they chastise you if you show personality. P.K. Subban was chastised for years for showing personality. Alex Ovechkin was getting chastised for celebrating goals too much. Where in the NFL, people wish they celebrated more. People like the pettiness in the, NA, the NBA or the NFL. There is not very much pettiness in the NHL. Personality by players and personality by coaches and all of that will drive the game to the next level. People love Daryl Sutter because his personality or lack thereof is so unique. That's why people love Daryl Sutter. Why do you think we loved Kevin BX in Vancouver? Because he had a personality. Roberto Luongo. He had a personality. When you have a strong personality, it's either polarizing people love it or they love to hate. They love it or they love to hate it. And that is what the NHL needs more of. And I don't know how they do that or how we're going to grow the game that way, but we need our biggest stars to show their personalities and show who they really are. That is how the game will get bigger in the United States. That is how, you know, these big shows in the United States will be able to put hockey on that platform and give it that boost that it so much needs in the States. So that's my little rant about that. Um, I am planning on actually doing an episode this off season about 
things to change the NHL and how to remarket and rebrand it. Um, and also use that from a Vancouver standpoint, because I think we in Vancouver can play a very big impact on how the NHL can market because we are such a diverse area. Um, so yes, stick around for that. Next episode will be Monday. We'll have some fun on Monday. We will probably, you never know. I got some ideas cooking, so stick around for that. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Canucks your first listen of the day. For your next listen of the day, take a listen to the guys at Lockdown NHL. From the first round matchups to the Stanley Cup kiss, Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, take care. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you on Monday.